When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Zen Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the great people at Zen Sports. You can download the app, plug in the promo code ATOZTN, get up to $1,000 on your no danger first wager in the Zen Sports app. The law offices of Amanda J. Gentry is where you go. They will go wherever justice demands. That's what they do at amandajgentry.com. And True Math Fitness in the Gulch, a new way to work out for the best version of you. Go to truemathfitness.com for your first workout free. Looking at everything that's come down in the last, I mean, it's not quite been 12 hours since they put out the press release, but they put out the press release this morning announcing Brian Callahan's hire officially, uh, announcing a promotion for Rand Carthon officially, announcing a promotion for Chad Brinker officially as well, the former assistant general manager who now becomes president of football operations around here, which is kind of fascinating um, when you think about it because now Brinker is kind of in a position where Carthon is answering to him. Brinker doesn't answer to Rand uh, Rand Carthon. Brinker answers directly to Amy Adams Strunk. So it's an interesting new setup that they have, but the roles are defined, right? Which is all that we could ask for at least. At this point, uh, at this point, Boyd Young says, Buck, what are some questions you are wanting to ask Callahan or Rand for the press conferences tomorrow? Um, I've got a bunch. I've got a lot of questions about, you know, how important was Will Levis or how big a factor was Will Levis and uh, Brian Callahan's decision to come here for Rand? I'd be fascinated to know. And I think this is a question for both of them, how they view the the way that the strength and conditioning program Um, how they handle recovery, how they handle treatment, how that's going to be done moving forward. I don't think it's productive to ask him about what happened in the past. I don't think they're going to talk about that, but I would be curious to see if they give a a little more insight on how things might be different in the future, in the, well, not in the future, but in the present. Um, You know, for Rand, I'd be curious to know uh, what what this Brinker promotion means exactly, because I, I, while... While it was treated today, um, while it was treated today like Rand Carthon is now in complete control of this, that's not how I understand the the distribution of these responsibilities based on how they're outlining these things between Brinker and Carthon. It almost looks like it almost makes it seem like Brinker is a bit of a babysitter as president of football operations which is a new role for the organization, will provide executive leadership. I'm reading now directly from the statement. Will provide executive leadership and support for the entire football side of the organization. His day-to-day responsibilities will include direct oversight of the football departments that address salary cap management, analytics and strategy, communications and information systems, and team operations, including security, video equipment, and grounds. That's a lot of stuff that feels like it should be under the purview of GM. Um, Now, Carthon's role includes 
uh, roster control, team activities and personnel decisions, including draft and free agency acquisitions, oversight of Callahan and his coaching staff, scouting, sports medicine, and player engagement. So they've still kind of split the general manager role in two with Carthon, even if it's being treated, uh, even if it's being treated like Ran um, is in complete control of this thing. So it's pretty interesting. Jared Morris says, no, it doesn't. They're two completely opposite sides. Brinker's role has nothing to do with Rand. Well, then that's not that's not at all the case based on the statement that I have in front of me for maybe Adam Strunk that's sitting in my email. You can read it for yourself. Uh, I imagine you don't have a copy because you're probably not on that email chain. But yes, based on the, the distribution of roles here, uh, Ran, uh, Ran, while he's be being given a promotion as an executive vice president, Brinker still has a situation where football is answering to the president of football operations. So um, it's it's fascinating, right? It, there's still some, there is more clarity, but I would like further clarity on what it is exactly that all means, how that changes the, the way that they operate, how much of that they're willing to share with us. I'd be curious to know, but yeah, that's kind of where, where things are at. So um, we'll get into this together. Uh, those are the, those are the first couple of questions that come to mind. I have, I have many scribbled down in my handy dandy little notebook, including, Hey, can you bring your dad with you? Because you could really, really use an offensive line coach, even though you don't have any offensive linemen yet, that would be important. Let's start with your two rivers Ford take on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch in the comment section. What is the biggest question that you have for Brian Callahan or Rand Carthon when they are introduced together tomorrow? We will discuss at length together right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented. Actually, your Two Rivers Ford take is made possible by Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people, quality American-made Ford vehicles, and award-winning customer service. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at Two Rivers Ford. Com. So what's the biggest question that you have uh, for this Titan situation? Uh, I would like to hear what answer Callahan gave in the interview that made Rand think that he was the man for the job. So again, I would have an even further question to understand, okay, who was on the Zoom call, his Callahan's initial interview? Uh, what was Rand's level of involvement with you, Brian Callahan? How did that all come to pass? How much, if any, did Rand Carthon as an entity, uh, prior relationships, are there any previous connections? Did you two know each other previously? How did Rand's presence here influence your decision uh, beyond it just being one of 32 uh, NFL jobs that was available? Uh, I would like to, so I would like to know how the, the level of Rand's involvement, right? Because Rand told us in his press conference the last time we spoke to him that he would be out front on some things and not on others, that it was going to be a delegation type situation. Jonathan Caverly echoes a point that many of you are going to, which is, is his father coming? Sounds like it's going to be tough to pry him out of the Browns, uh, the Browns contract situation. I don't think Cleveland's going to, I know Cleveland doesn't want to let him go. So Bill Callahan, I, I think it's very much in question as to whether he joins his son as a part of the Titans coaching staff, though we'll see. We'll find out here in the next couple of uh, weeks. T. Shannon says, how aggressive will you be, talking about Rand, with the available funds that you have this offseason? So what, what kind of defines aggressive, right? Are you looking for him to spend to the cap in year one that they have this cap space? Obviously, I don't think that's realistic, but what positions do you feel 
basically, so let me let me kind of flesh out your question a little bit, T. Shannon. Um, what I would like to know is where do you think the best allocation of resources is in free agency versus the draft where personnel is concerned, right? Is it better, as it seems to be, I would be curious to know his perspective on this, but it would seem to us that you don't pay free agent linemen because the free agent linemen that are worth a damn don't ever actually hit free agency. They're retained. Um, you end up with guys like Andre Dillard or Mike McGlinchey or some of these just kind of mid middling uh, to below average offensive tackles that end up going to free agency because the best one gets retained. The best ones get retained by their team. So is it, is it a myth that we're seeing of how they're distributing funds in offensive linemen or with offensive linemen and free agency is the best strategy with the offensive line to build it through the draft are the wide receivers a better allocation of resources. How much of these resources do you plan to invest at this point, given that they have the second most cap space uh, cap space in the league? Um, if not build and get Munchak, again, that's going to come up a lot. I know he's going to be asked questions about this. Sean Michael Hatem says, why are the Tennessee Titans the right fit for your first head coaching job? Well, because he's an NFL coach. He wants to be a head coach. I'm not going to answer that question for him. But the main reason is because it's one of 32. Start there first and foremost. I don't think it matters what the logo is. You take the NFL coaching job if you've been a career position coach and coordinator. Um, yeah, it, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter how much that goes. He's not going to tell you that, Buck. He's giving away too much to the other teams. Maybe not. But it's like just because he, here's the thing. Um, we shouldn't not to use a double negative because it's grammatically incorrect, but I'm. Uh, I'm struggling to figure out how else to phrase this. Just because I may not get an answer doesn't mean that I shouldn't ask the question, right? I think that you can you can predict, and, and this happened a lot with Vrabel, especially with injuries, right? They got to a point where we just stopped asking Mike Vrabel about injuries because Mike Vrabel made it very, very clear that he didn't want to talk about it. And it kind of wore everybody down to the point where, okay, we're just not going to talk about injuries anymore because it's not going to get at it's it's just not going to it's not going to change no there's not going to be a different answer and i just don't think that's a way to go about it i think that's that's a mistake that that we have made uh in years past as titans media and i just i think that to ask questions simply because we're expecting them not to be answered um is is a poor way to go about this so i'm hoping that that is not the case i know this this press conference is going to be we're going to be elbowing each other out of the way to try and answer, ask questions we're going to be talking over one another tomorrow it's going to be a mess um, but again, the, uh, the, the most, the most pressing thing to me is how they're handling strength, conditioning, recovery, and sports science, um, in ways that may differ from how they've done it in years past. All right. So those are the questions that are most pressing from my standpoint. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he answers the question, we talked today about uh, the future of the Titans, how they're going to go about this thing with Greg Cosell of NFL Films, who's obviously, I think Greg said the first time that he met Ryan Callahan's father, Bill Callahan, was in 1996 as a part of a Philadelphia Eagles staff that also included Sean Payton, and I can't remember who else he mentioned, but you'll hear from Greg Cosell on Brian Callahan and what he means for the future of the Titans right after I remind you that the Primetime Show is presented by True Math Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com for your first workout free. As a Middle Tennessee resident, TrueMath Fitness, where no workout is ever recycled or repeated. They've got you covered, whether it's group 
a group workout classes, whether it's personal training or just an awesome facility for you to work out as you please with one of their memberships. TrueMathFitness.com is where you can go and check it out for your first workout free. Uh, so we talked about Brian Callahan today on the latest, latest episode of the install with Greg Cosell. Greg obviously is very familiar with Cincinnati's scheme. He knows a lot about Callahan, given how long he's been in the league as a staffer in some form or fashion, and he broke that down for us today on the pod. The point I'm making is, you know, first of all, you have to look at, at, at Brian Callahan's background, okay? I mean, he was he was an, a Broncos assist, assistant when Peyton Manning was there. Um, you probably talk, I imagine you have discussed this to some degree. Um, then he was with Matthew Stafford, you know, for two years. Um, then Derek Carr for a year, but, mo- but perhaps most importantly, he was with the Bengals as for the last five years. Nineteen was his first season. So nine, five years. Mm-hmm. So, but the the reason that's important, and particularly important in the case of Will Levis, and how how often have I, have I said, which I still firmly believe, that everything must be done to make Will Levis comfortable and a great player. Zach Taylor came from the Rams. Okay. So Brian Callahan is intimately familiar with the Rams approach because that's what Zach Taylor's background is. And what has, what is Will Levis familiar with? When did he have his best year in college? He had his best year in college under Liam Cohen, who's also teaching the Rams philosophy and methodology. So there's a connection there. I'm not saying that's the reason they hired him. I'm sure there are many. But obviously they know this, you know, I'm sure it was part of the conversation um, because you go back to Will Levis's tape from uh, his, his second to last year in college when Liam Cohen was there and he looked really, really good. There were a number of reasons as we've discussed as to why his final year wasn't, you know, as good, um, including some major injuries that he should not have been playing through. And he chose to, because as Tennessee fans have learned, he's incredibly intense and competitive, but he he was told not to play. And he'd said, no, 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 that's not happening. But anyway, the, the year prior, people thought if he continued to improve, he'd be a top five pick in the draft. And obviously it didn't work out that way, but it was within that system that essentially I, I imagine the terminology, the methodology will be the same. So he's going to be familiar with it. And, and th- so that is Greg Cosell on the latest episode of the install talking about Brian Callahan, why it makes sense for Will Levis in particular and the value that that provides. Uh, Puka pointing out that we have a similar hoodie that we should coordinate. We can't share hoodies, but I do have the uh, I do have the infamous uh, in my feelings football getup that uh, the Titans team photographer Donald Page was so kind to capture some candid photos of me in the rain at practice a couple of years ago with my mask looking just an absolute mess. Uh, the the internet is probably still they're probably still somewhere all over the internet. There's a bunch of Photoshop edits. I wish that they would go away. Either way. Uh, Greg and I will have to do the matching. Maybe we'll do it for the next install live show. We had a meeting about that today. For those of you who went to the first one, we're very excited about that. It's not for a couple of months, but we've got some cool things in the works with Greg coming back to town. We'll get you more information on that as it becomes available. So Callahan, of course, checks a lot of boxes here, right? And, and that, that is my, that's another one of the questions that I have written down. Liam Cohen was a part of the Rams organization for a while in two different spurts. Liam Cohen, the former offensive coordinator of the Kentucky Wildcats during Will Levis's best season in 2021. Cohen goes back to the NFL in 22, 
Rick Scangarello, a former NFL uh, coach himself, goes to Kentucky as the offensive coordinator. Levis struggles with Scangarello as opposed to Cohen. Also, Levis is battling through injuries and a lack of uh, a loss, a tremendous loss of talent on that Kentucky offense with Wandale Robinson and four, I think, of their five starting offensive linemen either graduating or going into the NFL as, as draft picks or undrafted rookie free agents that year. There was a lot of different reasons why Levis dropped off from 21 to 22. But the familiarity of system, say they don't retain quarterbacks coach Charles London, who, you know, I think there should be some consideration to keeping as we talk about different pieces and parts of Rabel's staff that are still under contract and could be retained. I don't know if they'll keep Charles London, but I think I definitely think it's worth talking about, worth considering. Certainly they'll give him an opportunity to kind of present his case. But if you don't keep his quarterbacks coach that they had in your rookie year, well, what's the best way to kind of mitigate that and help jumpstart what you've got? Well, you plug him back into the scheme that he had so much success in in college. Uh, and and one of the things that made Levis viable as a potential first-round draft pick, I know he wasn't a first-round draft pick, but one of the things that made him viable beyond just talent and uh, ability and physical attributes and leadership skills and all these things is that he ran a pro-style system. So the learning curve would be shorter for somebody like that coming into the league. This would be a good opportunity to kind of mitigate some of that drop-off if they don't keep the quarterback's coach that Levis was working with in his uh, rookie year. Um, Stephen King says, London would be a good shout for DC. I assume you mean OC. Um, I wouldn't imagine that DC uh, is is something that he would be in the running for, perhaps a typo. Uh, Max Titan says, Buck Rising would make a great porn name. Well, it's not as good as my stepdad's name because my stepdad's name is Richard. Richard Rising. You're going to make me say it, aren't you? Dick Rising. Yeah, that's not as good as Dick Rising. What are you going to do? Maybe maybe in my next life, uh, I'll uh, I'll have a better porn name. It's, the, it's, it's, it's stunning, honestly, that it's the second best porn name in my family. It's unfortunate, but I'm very jealous of, of old Dick Rising. <laughs> anyway, let's keep it moving. A to Z Sports Prime Time is made possible by the great people. That's a great way for me to promote the show, talk about Dick Rising, and then mention that Zen Sports is where you go to get in on the action. Maybe not the kind of action that we're talking about if I was to venture into adult films, but the kind of action that you can venture in on. I'm watching the Bulls and the Grizzlies, or excuse me, not the Bulls and the Grizzlies tonight, but I'm watching the Grizzlies uh, play tonight. You can bet on the NBA. You can bet on what remains of the NFL postseason, though you're running out of football games to bet on. Hockey, basketball, baseball right around the corner, all of it at your disposal when you download the Zen Sports app. Plug in the promo code ATOZTN and get up to $1,000 on your no danger first wager. Zensports.com is where you go. Um, so looking at looking at where things are, I see a lot of you nominating defensive coordinators and stuff like that. Vic Fangio. Did you see, did you see how Vic Fangio ended up leaving Miami? where players are kind of having a Vrabel-like reaction. Not all players had that kind of reaction, by the way, to Mike Vrabel getting fired by the Titans. But they're, you know, we talked about this. For those of you who heard the Woodyard interview this morning on uh, on 104.5 The Zone, Mike Vrabel at polarizing with fans, polarizing with people in the league, polarizing with players and people that he comes across. Some players love him. Some players really struggled with him. Um, Vic Fangio had kind of some of the Vrabel vibes on the way out the door from some like Javon Holland. I don't know how many of you saw 
Javon Holland's post of him literally of him telling uh, Vic Fangio literally to go kick rocks on the way out the door. Apparently, uh, what was cited in the news of them parting ways so that he can go be the defensive coordinator. By the way, he's going to be the Eagles DC, um, so he's not viable here. He's he's already got an agreement in place to go to Philadelphia, which again is fascinating. Um, but apparently, uh, they were looking for a more you guessed it, collaborative approach in Miami. And Vic Fangio, an old head, uh, was apparently not the right approach for the collaborative methods that are being applied literally everywhere in sports. I saw the word used when Doc Rivers got hired by the Bucks yesterday. I saw it in the tweet about, about Vic Fangio going to the Eagles. Everybody cannot get enough of the C word collaboration uh, throughout the world of professional sports. And I don't know why that's such a buzzword this year. But that's kind of where they're at. Malachi Perry says, uh, R- Rivera, Martindale, or Fangio? Well, Fangio's off the table. I don't really think that Ron Rivera. Don't, you, you guys want a bunch of old retreads? Isn't that the whole thing that you're moving on from? Like, I, I don't, it doesn't have to be a name that you know, right? And I don't know who they're going to end up uh, connecting to. Right now, they haven't even requested to interview any of the Bengals' assistants, which is, pretty interesting to me. So I don't know how that is going to, uh, I don't know how that is going to affect how they go about this approach. But if you're going to do the whole reset thing in new era, modern day football, like Ron Rivera, Wink Martindale, Vic, Vic Fangio is not an option here, but I mean, I don't know what, what is exciting about the idea of that? Just because you haven't heard maybe some of these coaches names who are going to come to light, some of these guys who are uh, position coaches elsewhere who will be interviewing for defensive coordinator jobs, maybe an old head or two who's been been in the league. I think that uh, I think that there's some of this stuff that uh, that can be applicable. And and ultimately, as a first time head coach, it's not bad to have a guiding presence. And Ron Rivera, as a former head coach himself, could certainly provide some insight. Wink Martindale has been around the league for a long, long time. But like, if you're doing the reset thing, let's do the reset thing. And, and trust that the person that you've empowered to be your next head coach is, is capable of doing the job without a babysitter. Now, maybe he's not, and we'll find that out together. The, the, the general manager that you hired in year one didn't actually become a general manager until apparently this morning at 9.15 when they announced his promotion. So I, uh, how the Titans are handling their org chart on a bunch of different levels is a science experiment to me. But Ultimately, if they win football games, it doesn't matter how they got there. It doesn't matter what the process looked like. If it ends up being the right process, then that's all that you guys as fans are going to care about and, and should care about. That's uh, the, the the process, as long as it produces, okay, you're, you're, not, you're not terribly concerned about how the baby is made. Just show me the baby, right? Or maybe you are concerned with how the baby is made, given some of your guys' interest in porn names earlier. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Mike Vrabel is interviewing for a bunch of different jobs. Now, the reason that you want Mike Vrabel to get another job somewhere or the reason that your organization wants Mike Vrabel to get another job somewhere is so they can stop paying his contract because they're just shelling out money for executives and coaches that they've fired and signed contracts extensions for. I mean, Mike Vrabel and John Robinson signed signed multi-year contract extensions less than two years ago. Uh, and they're paying those out. So we've seen Mike Vrabel interview in a bunch of different spots. There's only four jobs remaining. It's going to be interesting to see if he lands one, given how um, how much uh, you guys pushed back on the idea of many people in the national media immediately saying that Mike Vrabel would be hired. 
um, right out of the gate. Mike Vrabel is not going to be the first coach to be hired. He's not going to be the second coach to be hired. But there are four head coaching jobs still out there. So, as a Titans fan, where is Mike Vrabel most likely to land? We'll talk about it together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We will discuss at length right after I remind you that the Primetime Show is presented by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Wherever justice demands, Amanda J. and her team, they've got you covered. They've got your constitutional rights covered. They've got you protected. They're going to inform you to make sure that your rights are not being infringed upon so you understand your rights first and foremost and so that you can get the kind of justice that you your situation demands. Wherever justice demands, that is what they mean when they say it. Law offices of Amanda J. Gentry, amandajgentry.com for more information. Um, so here are the four openings for uh, teams that are still looking for head coaches right now. Uh, at this point, with the Chargers hiring Jim Harbaugh, uh, which takes them out of the running. Well, actually, you can hear more about that because that transaction happened, what, a little less than a little less than three hours ago this evening. It is now expected to get done. The Chargers land Jim Harbaugh. This is real. This is not a drill. After many years of near misses, after flirtations with the NFL, they're going back to college football, leaving a deal, by the way, that would have made Jim Harbaugh the highest paid coach in college football history on the table. He now lands with the Los Angeles Chargers. This has been a pretty long courtship, I would say, and it's not just over the last couple of days, Michael, the Harbaugh has been in the building. I know Brandon Brown, a potential general manager candidate, also in the building as well. Uh, this has been something that in the mind of Harbaugh and the mind of those close to him, this has been coming. It was really just a matter of making sure that leaving Michigan was absolutely something he wanted to do, making sure the Chargers job was the one he wanted. It all fits. Finally, Jim Harbaugh is back in the NFL with the Chargers. So it's not going to be the Chargers, right? And there are uh, there are four jobs still left open. Falcons, Panthers, Seahawks, and Commies, uh, who are still available to land head coaching gigs. Where do you think that Mike Vrabel is most likely to land? Um, for Adam Weber says on the couch. Now, wouldn't that be interesting? How, how hard would Titans fans laugh after being told? And listen, I, I am... I would be shocked if Mike Rabel was not coaching in 2024, but stranger things have happened. Uh, you guys know that uh, the, the, how quickly the information changed on, well, Mike Vrabel's the head coach, re ready, ready, steady Vrabel. Remember the line from the Athletic article six weeks before they fired him, and then eight weeks later, they're announcing Brian Callahan as the next head coach. So stranger things have happened, and the news cycle moves fast, and maybe the Athletic reporting on how Mike Vrabel ended up out in Tennessee impacts his ability to get his next head coaching gig. I do not anticipate that he would be a coordinator. I think if Mike Vrabel's not a head coach in 2024, he's doing something else, whether that's chilling and playing golf and collecting paychecks from the Tennessee Titans organization, or if he ends up doing some media stuff, whether that's his decision or whether he ends up not without a chair in this round of musical chairs, in the NFL. Again, I would be surprised if he's not coaching um, because, you know, frankly, as Dylan Cole brings up, to be fair, Buck, you said he'd have a job before we knew he was fired. I still think that he is more likely to be an NFL head coach than not in 2024, but you're absolutely correct, Dylan. If, if he does not get hired, 
I am going to eat as much crow as anybody because I thought, uh, well, I know teams were interested in him, but interested in him enough with the new information that was out there after his firing. We'll see. It is, uh, it is going to be a fascinating, uh, a fascinating situation. I think Tennessee Titans uh, fans are going to take a victory lap if Mike Vrabel, not necessarily because Mike, but because how many times um, you guys were told by people like myself, people outside of the market and stuff like that, that Mike Vrabel would be a very, very desirable commodity on the market. I still do believe that. He's a good coach. He's not a great coach. He's a good coach. But we'll see how that goes, uh, how that comes to pass. I think the place that he's more likely to end up is Seattle. Now, I would find that an interesting move because if they uh, not, and by the way, not that I'm hearing anything specific to Seattle. He just it, he just concluded an interview about an hour ago, uh, apparently with the Atlanta Falcons. So, Falcons, Carolina, and Seahawks are all the jobs that he's interviewed for. He has not interviewed with the Commies, who are expected to hire Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions. Um, so. With all that, uh, with all that, I think Seattle is the place that makes the most sense for him with a proven general manager with a roster that's that's in position to compete. Uh, it's not quite as good a roster as the Chargers, but it fits more what Vrabel is. My question would be, he's very similar to Pete Carroll and how he goes about his his stuff philosophically. So if Seattle pushed Pete Carroll out just to hire Mike Vrabel, that would that would make me scratch my head a little bit, but I think that I think that that is the spot um, that would make the most sense. It is uh, it is going to be interesting. MB says he thinks Seattle will hire uh, Dan Quinn. Well, Dan Quinn obviously has a ton of uh, a ton of experience in the uh, in the Seattle area, and he's got experience as a former head coach. We'll see. I all of this stuff is going to be figured out by Friday with all these four jobs. And, you know, I would be shocked if I went on the air on for the radio show tomorrow at 10 without another, at least one of these three jobs being filled. But we will find out in the next couple of days. All right. Rising and falling. Whose stock rose? Whose stock fell this week in sports? We'll talk about it together right after I remind you that the primetime show is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you get your dream address without the stress. Don't sell without the intel that the Ashton team can provide. The official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators is GaryAshton.com. Uh, Zach Selby, uh, our friend who is uh, who works with the Washington Commanders organization. Speaking of the commies, uh, the biggest thing that would prevent Mike Vrabel from getting a job in 2024 is his reputation for wanting more roster, more control of the roster. A good point. That's not the way that the league is going. Most teams are going for the collaborative, quote unquote. There's the C word. 49ers approach. Um, to the thing, meaning they're coach-driven, not coach-centric, which is good context there. Um, so, yeah, I, that's absolutely something that has to come up in every interview that Mike Vrabel does, in every interview that Mike Vrabel does um, with every organization. Do you still want roster control, Mike? Because we saw how that went for you, and that's not that's not a game that we're willing to play. Um, Rand rising says Jared Morris, Vrabel falling. I think that's a fair assessment based on the, uh, events of the last couple of weeks. Bussin with the boys for the third straight week is falling says Remy Jamin. What, why would happen to Bussin? Uh, they shit. I don't, I don't know if they're, they're falling. Didn't they, haven't they done the only interview with Derrick Henry since, since Mike got fired? Really the only long form interview with Derrick Henry ever has been on Bussin with the boys. Um, so I don't know why are there, are there gambling? I mean, I'm sure their gambling picks are terrible, but I have to. I haven't, I haven't been betting with the bus. I don't know why. Are, you'll have to expand for me why they're falling 
uh, I'm unfamiliar with uh, with what missteps uh, the crew might have made. Um, Vrabel stock down after uh, after uh, uh, Wesley Woodyard, not Woodrow. I don't know who Woodrow is. Um, yeah, but again, that's not that's not new information. None of that is new. Wes did that. Wes did that exact same interview on on our radio station. Shit, I don't even think I was working at the radio station, so it it had to have been four years ago that he gave basically the exact same interview. He did give more details this time around, but I don't know. I mean, like, I just I did. There's nothing new in there. I, you guys, you guys knew that Mike Rabel was kind of a dick, right? That's kind of been his persona the entire time. I. That, that he rubs some players the wrong way is not new information. And again, Wesley Woodyard literally did that same interview with that same morning. Well, not the same morning show because Jason Martin was still hosting the morning show at the time. But like that's, I mean, you can go, you can go look it up. It's probably still in their podcast feed. Um, Indiana basketball team stock fell. God, I know, I know, I hate them. I hate them so much. They make me sad. I don't want. It's the only. It's the only. <laughs> Lucas uh, Panzika. For those of you who don't listen to the radio show, he's the executive producer of the radio show. Uh, he maintains that the only reason that he knows that I'm a sports fan is because how upset Indiana basketball makes me because it's the only team that I care about as a fan in my life. And all they do is hurt me, which is why, <laughs> why, why sports, why I have such a bad attitude about sports anyway, because my favorite team just exists to disappoint. Anyway, uh, stock up though for Jared Goff. He had a funny exchange with one of the Lions reporters today. Uh, ahead of the NFC Championship game. You guys had a lot of, got a lot of really good players, obviously, but maybe that's... Oh, thank you. I said thank you. <laughs> maybe that viewed, though, as the superstars, like, hey, the 49ers, they have other... All right, never mind. <laughs> so if you can't hear the reporter in the background, he's like, you guys have a lot of good players. And Goff says, thank you. And then he said, but maybe not superstars like the 49ers. And he goes, well, never mind. Then. That was a pretty funny exchange with one of the Detroit riders. Stock up the Lions. Uh, vibes high all over the place in Detroit. I honestly hope they make it to the Super Bowl. The Lions fans have been electric. It's been really, really cool to see that fan base have something truly that they can uh, – no pun intended, sink their teeth into to really, really root for. This is the best Detroit Lions team of of my lifetime, certainly. Many of you who go back longer than I do um, with, with, you know, Megatron teams and Barry Sanders. It's a great documentary on, on Amazon Prime that's probably worth watching. Right now, I just uh, I just saw the Barry Sanders uh, documentary the other day. It's, it's a really good look at basically how Detroit broke its most famous superstar um, for all the all the just fruitless year after year after year efforts that they had with zero results and having one of the most electric players of, of, I mean, Barry Sanders probably is the best running back in NFL history. Just didn't have the career there because Detroit made him quit for how bad it was. Um, And, and they, they ran Megatron out of town, right? They didn't run him out of town, but like they weren't able to accomplish anything with one of the best wide receivers in NFL history and one of the best running backs in NFL history. And so, to see the Lions um, really have something here uh, is badass. So I, I hope I hope to see them. Uh, I hope to see them succeed. I would love to see. Well, I just I hate to see either the Ravens or the Chiefs lose because that that is where the better game is this weekend. And I know I can't wait to torment Bert about it because he's going to the AFC Championship game and um, it's in Baltimore, which means that there is all kinds of opportunity for heartbreak, of which I will not 
do to him in real time, but I will wait. I'll probably give him a day afterwards if Baltimore loses and the Chiefs advance, as we all feel is inevitable, as he fears, of course, because Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. He's acting like he's not paying attention to a word I'm saying right now. He's actually probably not paying attention to a word I'm saying right now. He's probably playing some Dungeons and Dragons bullshit uh, on his video game console while we talk sports here. But uh, who is Bert a fan of? Bert is a diehard Baltimore Ravens fan. He's fired up. To go, uh, to go to the AFC Championship game this weekend. So, um, like I said, I, I wish, I wish both the Chiefs and the Ravens could advance. I'd like to see both the Chiefs and the Ravens in the Super Bowl. That's that's definitely a great game because the Ravens dusted both the Lions and the Niners in the regular season this year. Um, so I think either I think Baltimore advancing would just mean a lopsided Super Bowl result, but we'll see. We'll find out uh, with Conference Championship weekend. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Radio show tomorrow. We're going to be live at the facility. Uh, the, the press conference is at one. We'll be live at the facility from 10 to one on one Oh four, five, the zone. We will carry the, uh, the press conference for you guys after our radio show wraps up. Um, I'll be at the press conference asking questions. If you guys have questions that you think I may forget to ask, or that you want to make sure that you get asked, we are there to ask questions on behalf of you, so feel free to DM them to me. Instagram is the best place for me to see those because, to be honest with you, I don't really look at my Twitter mentions. Uh, I mean, I look at my Twitter mentions, but I don't really pay attention to my Twitter mentions if I'm being completely honest with you. I'll scroll to see if there's anything funny uh, in there, but usually there's not. It's just a bunch of bitching. So Instagram DMs is a great place to send me your questions that you want answered uh, at the press conference tomorrow because I am far better about checking those messages. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Have a great rest of your evening. 10 a.m., bright and early at the facility tomorrow. Rain, sleet, or snow, it'll be a great time. Aubrey says, make sure you ask about the C word. I wonder if I say the C word in the press conference, what kind of face the two of them would make instead of just saying collaboration. But yes, I'm sure the collaboration question will be asked over and over and over again to your heart's delight. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 10 a.m. on 104.5 The Zone. This is our cult, this is our team, we bleed blue. This is our cult, whether win or lose, we love them. For the shoe, beat the titans, let the world hear us now. This is our team, go cult.